This is the Snug Podcast. In this episode, reviewing long-term conditions with Medlink. And what we offer practices is to support their patients by having an online questionnaire. We gather data from patients in their own home, send it back to the practice in a way that they can focus their chronic disease review. You remove time pressure, if you like, certainly for the patient. Hello there and welcome to the Snug Podcast for GPIT. I'm Andrew McElhinney and I'm a GP in Central Scotland. And these podcasts aim to give you an update on how we can make general practice grow and develop through better use of our information technology and digital systems. You can catch up with our previous episodes, both wherever you found us from. And we are also on Apple, Google and Spotify podcasts, so you can subscribe and listen on your phones. We'll put links to these streams in the podcast notes to help you find them. It doesn't seem to be that easy to search and find us on Apple Podcasts at the moment, but we are there. You can put Snug Podcast and Apple into a Google search, and that seems to work. I know you'll have heard people saying this before, but if you leave a rating or review, it seems to help other people find the podcast more easily. Maybe it'll get us into some Apple algorithm. Anyway, in this podcast, we are again focusing on the care of patients with long-term conditions. Last time we had a couple of great conversations about care and support planning, which I would really encourage you to listen to. But this week, I spoke to Dr Lawrence Kemper, who's a GP in Oxfordshire and the co-founder of Medlink. And that's a system for carrying out online clinical reviews. It can be used for reviews of long-term conditions like asthma and diabetes, and also a variety of other uses like medication reviews, submitting blood pressure readings, reviewing HRT and contraceptive pill. Lawrence, it's really kind of you to speak to us today. Uh, first of all, could you tell us a bit about yourself and where you work? Yeah, sure. I'm, uh, so I'm a part-time GP partner in um, a practice in West Oxfordshire and have been there since around 2013. And um, I uh, worked with a friend uh, of mine that was working as a locum in the practice some years ago, um, trying to look at different ways of doing chronic disease management, really. And that's when um, Medlink was born um, as a something that I do alongside my clinical work. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing my regular clinical work. I'm also a GP trainer. And and yes, this it, it really blossomed from there. Well, Medlink is, is obviously what we want to talk about today. Just before we do that, how are things as a GP in Oxfordshire at the moment? Um, I think we're similar to everyone else feeling a lot of the pressure. Um, I think there's been the sort of backlog from the pandemic and surge in demand that came after that, which has put a big pressure on practices to you know just deliver usual services. But what's been particularly difficult, I feel, has been the general morale in the whole in whole of primary care. That I think that's been you know I find the biggest struggle. 
and yeah other than that i mean we were just saying the last the last week or two have actually as, as well as the weather been a little bit sunnier and that, <laughs> that brings a bit more sunshine on people's faces so i think it has it is the, the pressure is easing off slightly even though in, in england we're approaching the end of the cough year which comes with its own pressures but i think the last few weeks have certainly been better than 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 recent months so Medlink, I think, is certainly something that hopefully listeners will have heard of because you did a workshop at our November conference. Uh, so I'd certainly encourage people to listen to that again. But just for anyone who isn't aware of what Medlink is, could you give us a, a brief outline of what it's about? Sure. So just briefly, it's a online review service, if you like. So all patients um, with chronic conditions have typically an annual review for their condition. And what we offer practices is to support their patients by having an online questionnaire, if you like, that they can fill out to answer the usual questions they'd otherwise be asked in a chronic disease review. That's then sent back to Medlink, where we process it and make it very easy to read for clinicians. And it's sent back to the practice where a clinician can cross-reference the medical record to the review and uh, it allows remote completion of reviews, but also it's a, a way of asynchronously consulting with your patient. That's how it first came about, but we don't just do conditions. We also cover medication reviews, remote monitoring of blood pressure and weight, uh, administrative, you know, new patient registrations, health checks. So it's expanded a bit from there, uh, but ultimately we gather data from patients in their own home, send it back to the practice in, in a way that they can focus their chronic disease reviews. And, and you started doing that obviously well before the pandemic accelerated such, yes. such, such changes. And, and did you face barriers in introducing that originally? Not, no, in a way, because we, we don't really change the process um, in the way the practice invites their patients. So the patients will already have been inviting their patients for a chronic condition review, what we now allow is patients to have a choice. And typically what happens is you send a letter out to your patient saying, oh, dear Mrs. Miggins, you do your annual COPD review. You can do this online by, start this online by going on, the web, on our website or following this link, or you can come to the practice as usual. So now the patient has the option of initiating their review, if you like, um, by completing the MedLink online. And um, so it hasn't as such required any change for the practice other than sticking in the additional instruction to perhaps go on the website or scan a QR code or if they use a texting service, which, which most practices would be using for this, is they just include the MedLink itself uh, in the text message and the patient with one click can go straight into the review. So, so in, in that way, it integrates seamlessly really um, with people's existing um, systems that are in place. So there hasn't been any new download or someone to learn new software. Um, it, it, it's simply copying and pasting some text to your already existing message that you send to your practice. I think if anything, what's happened is it's resulted in practices that adopt meddling to review their processes. So they, they look at, well, how, how do we currently review patients with you know, multiple morbidities or um, with their asthma and, or if they need a medication review. So uh, I think it's allowed practices to review that um, and with Medlink in mind, um, they have more options for their patients. 
I think we're all looking at our systems for doing everything at the moment, managing demand and acute and chronic care. And I suppose, you know, with the greater use of online services, things like telephone and email, and you, you must have a great opportunity now to provide practices with this new way, which is, you know, efficient, it's safe and, and allows online reviews. It must be a great opportunity as well. Yes, of course. I mean, I think the, the simplicity of it has really helped. Just going back to, to how meddling came about, I, I said I was working with Mark Widgery, um, um, who's the co-founder of Medlink, and we at first looked at, well, what, what reviews um, are we doing? It, it sometimes feels like we ask repetitive questions that could just be asked, you know, the patient could answer them beforehand. So we just wrote some forms for ourselves and in our practice also sharing information with the patients and inhaler techniques and that that sort of thing. But it landed, of course, it landed in our patients' hands and some of our patients are GPs. And from there, they said, well, this looks very good. Um, could we have a go at this? And that's how really Medlink um, uh, grew. So then the pandemic came and it was very evident that there's a big opportunity, um, uh, yeah, for both patients and practices. Brilliant. And if, if a practice wants to go ahead and, and start mu- using Medlink, where would you advise them to start? Well, the easiest place to find more information is our website. We are very transparent. So if you go on our website, you can, uh, in fact, look at every Medlink that we have from a patient's perspective, and we have them pre-filled. So you, you don't really have to type anything. You can just click your way through and have a look what we offer. Um, But also you can see what the practice would receive back. So you can look at our single page summary, if you like, of all the information that comes back to the practice. We also have some videos that explain things further. So that's the first place to look. And if you are interested, uh, we have an expression of interest form you complete there. And that will come back to, to our team and we'll then have a quick chat about it, answer any questions before starting a free trial, really. That's what is offered for everyone. You can have a go at Medlink for three months for free and embed it in your system. We've started to use it recently and three areas we looked at initially were hypertension, asthma and pill reviews. When it came to start trying to organise how it was going to work, it actually became clear to me that within these broad groups, there were going to be some patients who would be ideal for an online review, but there were also going to be some who'd be better seen at the practice. So, I mean, if you take something like asthma... Would your strategy be to send everyone out an invitation for an online review, knowing that you'll get a proportion of them who'll reply and you'll save some appointments? Or, or would you advise being more maybe selective and discriminating, you know, and maybe trying to take time to almost identify the people who, who would need a face-to-face review at the end of the day anyway? Um, yes. So, I mean, I, I suppose there's different aspects to that. One is to filter out those that are certainly unsuitable. Um, and we always make sure that we don't invite patients that are housebound, end of life. Uh, you know, we, we don't invite those patients in for their reviews in, in that way. So they're particularly vulnerable or anyone that has opted not to receive text messages, say. So you can do a little bit of work beforehand to make sure that you don't inappropriately invite patients. Uh, and the other way is that when we send out an invitation, we still give the option. So it's entirely patient choice whether they do it online or they come into the practice. 
So the patient can select themselves. If, and you know, many patients don't want to do it online, which is completely fair enough, or they, or, or perhaps they can't do it online. And in, in that case, the opportunity for them to make an appointment is still there. Yeah, and one thing we noticed as well is that using our existing systems of posting out letters to people with the QR code or the link, we haven't had as many replies to that as we hoped yet. So I guess thinking about it, if people do them on their phones mainly, probably sending out texts is, is possibly going to be more effective. Would you find that? Absolutely, yes. I think that the real ease with the text message is that you receive the hyperlink in your message and you can simply click mm -hmm. within your message and it launches straight into it. Whereas if you have a QR code, it requires a little bit of knowledge how to navigate a smart device. So, so certainly, you know, it's not suitable for all patients and really the uh, the patients that you want to target or that we want to support and are most in need, they're not necessarily the most, the most tech savvy. But we have tried to accommodate that as best as we can. And certainly the links that we send out, it's not a, a you know, a long alphanumerical message of, you know, 50 characters. It will say, meddling practice, your GP slash asthma. And, you know, it's very easy to read, to write, and you can type it in your browser. It's very short. So we've, we've tried to make it as, as accessible as possible in that way. And I guess part of establishing it in the practice will be everyone being aware of it as an option and promoting it to patients as much as possible and, and maybe asking them if they'd be happy to get a text with a link and do the review on their phone because we can see people all the time that present acutely and we think, oh, they should have had a review. Uh, and this is an ideal opportunity to try and get them into that system that they, they hopefully are willing to do that the next time. Yes, you can offer it. I mean, there's about um, raising awareness with your patients and we offer material of how to do that, whether, you know, putting it in a newsletter or a patient group, putting it on your website, sending out a text message saying we are now offering this and there are different ways of sort of raising awareness of the system. But also you can, we're set up to be more a system by invitation. So the practice would like the patient reviewed, therefore they, they invite them. However, you can also have it more openly accessible on your website for specific forms, say. If you know lots of patients will want to tell you their blood pressure, you can simply have that blood pressure link on the website or their weight or um, a new patient registration form. So it, it can be openly accessible at any time or you can run it through just invitation. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of flexibility there, really. And would you say, should a GP or nurse eyeball every single reply that comes back? Well, the question is, in terms of eyeball, if the question there is about to ensure safety, really, we've built the system so that it is only routine care, really, that we're trying to capture. Um, we have got additional safety steps in there so that patient, for example, wouldn't be submitting a dangerously high blood pressure and the sort of malignant hypertension uh, range. If, if they enter that range of blood pressure, they won't submit. They will be automatically directed to say, please get in touch with your surgery or out of our services. So if you like, it's already filtered to be safe, but even the target population isn't someone who's acutely unwell. It is someone who's who's used to have a yearly review of their asthma. So that the, they will be expecting this um, and they're also asked not to submit anything or 
anything that is requiring urgent care. And we're told that this isn't a a different route into the practice. So it's already filtered in that way, if you like. So the the main saving seems to be for patients who are relatively well controlled and and probably wouldn't need a face-to-face review. and, And it's a very safe way to do it online. And then it frees up the nursing time to deal with the people that do need to be seen. Exactly. That's exactly it. It's, it's releasing capacity for those patients that really do need to have that review. And, and we all know of patients who, who are very meticulous about attending their review every year. And there is very little intervention that is required, where it's really those patients that we do need to spend a lot more time for that do need to be reviewed because they're not looked after well. And they can be difficult to get into the practice. But this way, you'll be able to put those efforts really where where, where they're needed. Yeah, because, I mean, we find with long-term conditions, I don't know what proportion it is, maybe half that you invite might come for a review when they're invited and get good care and lots of follow-up. But they aren't necessarily the ones who really need the review. And I'm just wondering what you think. I mean, would an approach like MedLink address that? Would it Would it make it better or would it almost exacerbate that sort of inverse care law? Well, it's what what MedLink will allow you to do is, if you like, filter those that are attending or or are um, completing their reviews, as you just said. So you'd be able to complete those remotely very quickly and delegate the time to those patients who are not coming in to be chased, if you like. Um, So it's... it's, um, so I think it, 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 I wouldn't say necessarily that it would uh, exacerbate that. I think you can mitigate for it using MedLink. Um, and we've, you know, and, and you can also use MedLink to support the difficult to reach patients. So we have practices that, um, for example, have the district nurse go out to a patient's home and complete the MedLink with the patient there. The, to complete a MedLink, you'd, you'd need no clinical training. Our patients complete it, but you can complete it on someone else's behalf. So, for example, the very difficult to reach patients, we've had students or the patients that are unable to use an online system because you know they, they don't know how to use the internet. Uh, we've had medical students call those patients up and literally just complete the review for them, talk them through it, read it out to them, explain it and it then still comes back to the same clinician and the clinician will still get back to the patient but it it just you know allows that data gathering that perhaps previously wouldn't have been possible yeah and and one of the real advantages of using medlink that i've seen are the 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 video links and how to use your inhaler and all that kind of stuff you know and the opportunity to link to local sites you know it's it's really a valuable way to point patients to good information, I think. Um, I, I guess one of the things I'm interested in speaking to a lot of different GPs is a feeling, I guess, that actually after all the pandemic and, and the enforced separation, that a lot of patients and maybe GPs are actually keen to see people face to face rather than do things online. And it's always interested to hear what's happening in other practices. I mean, just out of interest, I mean, for acute problems, what kind of proportion of acute problems would you think you're actually seeing now as opposed to speaking to on the phone? Well, it varies from practice to practice. The demand, if you like, is, is 30 to 40 percent of, of um, you know, patients contacting us would be contacting us for something acutely. And personally, as a GP, I see less now than I used to, which isn't necessarily down to the pandemic, but 
and certainly here we are having a big push for additional roles to help GP practices. So you know, we have paramedics in the practice that would be dealing, you know, with a lot of the acute work. So most of my face-to-face would certainly be for more of my complex chronic disease patients, mm-hmm. um, uh, less so for the acute. But having seen patients again um, has uh, has let me see how much I've actually missed the face-to-face and engagement. Um, and I think at the very beginning of the pandemic, um, seeing a sudden disappearance of that may have some for some people come as a relief to some to some extent. But now seeing seeing the interaction again, I think has really um, shown its value. Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting, and I, I guess as general practice evolves triage is going to be such a key skill and, and trying to work out who needs seen and who can be followed up by phone. I mean, I, I do wonder actually if it might evolve that acute sort of problems might tend to be done face to face, but maybe more follow up and reviews might tend to be done more by phone or by things like Medlink. Yes, well, I, I think the uh, I think it's 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 great because with Medlink, we're actually gathering information that perhaps previously in a review you wouldn't wouldn't necessarily or the patient certainly wouldn't have had all that time to think about it carefully to really consider what the questions are asking and 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 run through it so that you you remove time pressure if you like certainly for the patient and by allowing you know if you do a heart failure review for them to really think about their breathlessness and you know tell you about any weight gained and you know swelling of the legs etc in in just much more detail that I think it makes the, the the actual evaluation of those those questions a lot more powerful um, later on. Yeah, and obviously people can look up your website and see what the system looks like. And uh, I, I just remind people there are resources like uh, data entry templates available uh, that practices can download. Where can we find those? So those are available when you um, set Medlink up it's within what we call the manager. So there's a, a, a portal and, and they're simply downloadable from within there and you can then use them in your practice. And I think it's, it's, it's worth mentioning, well, you touched on it, thank you, um, in terms of being able to signpost patients to your local resources. So this is brand new for us, really. Um, in the last two weeks, uh, we launched the customization of our MedLink. So um, the practice can now really make this improve engagement of the patients and make it a lot more valuable for their patients. You can put your own logo on there. You can write your own instructions for a blood pressure review. You can tell them, come and use the waiting room blood pressure machine, say, or the local pharmacy machine. And you can also then, if they say they have got a high alcohol intake, you can put in the details of the local alcohol service as opposed to, you know, go to the NHS Scotland website to find out some more information it will actually say, you know, come to the village hall on Wednesdays when we have, a, you know, the meetings for your local support. It'll, it'll be tailored to your local community and your local population, which I think would be, would be hugely powerful for many patients. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll put links to your material on the episode notes. And thank you very much for speaking to us today. Um, I've no doubt this will turn into a, a really useful way for us to manage patients with long-term conditions. And it it will take all of us a while to work out the best combination of systems to move ahead with. But, But no, thank you very much. Thank you for the invite and see you at the Members' Day.
So many thanks to Lawrence for speaking to us about the sort of tool that really will fit in well with the healthcare of the future. And I've no doubt that the debate will continue about whether it's best to see people face to face or speak by telephone or even video, whether we need to consult in real time or asynchronously. But what seems clear is that practices and patients are all different and a range of options is going to be needed. There's going to be a workshop session on Medlink at the Snug Members Day on Wednesday the 25th of May so you can find out more then and ask Lawrence any other questions that you might have. See the Snug website for more details. Right, that's about it for this episode. I really hope you're all doing okay out there wherever you are. We've had storms, we've had rain, we've had a new variant of Covid. There's a terrible war going on. But in the midst of all of that, we've had a week of lovely spring sunshine and at least it's an opportunity to feel a bit better. If you heard our Christmas episode, you may remember Chris Weatherburn recommending a book called Positivity by Barbara Fredrickson. And I was looking for this on Audible and I found another book narrated by her called Positivity 101 in which she gives some excellent advice on how you can actually increase your enjoyment of life, gratitude, serenity, among other things. Those are all things we could do with. See you next time. Bring me sunshine in your smile. Bring me laughter all the while. In this world where we live, there should be more happiness. 